the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Terrence Toth. In an era of chaos, confusion, and craziness, Terrence is a voice for common sense. As a financial literacy educator, speaker, and entrepreneur, Terrence cuts through the noise to help us understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Now, here's Ferenc Stoke. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc. Well, today I get to discuss a new product, or at least it's a new product for most people. We don't get to do that real often because in the uh, in the guaranteed fixed index or fixed industry, um, there's not a lot of changes. They don't happen quickly. It's pretty um, consistent, steady, eddy, boring, if you will. But then again, that's the strength of the fixed income, fixed uh, um, financial in- arena. Things don't change quickly, and they, they move along at a slow pace. But there is a new product out there. It's called a QLAC. And this is something that, again, most people have never heard of. Now, first I'm going to say is, what is a QLAC? A QLAC is a Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract. Now, why would this be uh, of importance or interest? Well, this is something that's different than any other annuity that uh, people are familiar with. In fact, this is designed to reduce your overall tax liability through reducing your required minimum distributions. In other words, who who should be interested in looking into a QLAC? Anyone with a significant IRA or 401k is a candidate for a QLAC. In other words, if you have a significant amount of money in an IRA or 401k and you are nearing retirement or are, are already retired, you should consider looking at a QLAC because what it can do is reduce the total amount of required minimum minimum distributions that you have to take each year. Now, why is that such a big big deal? I can tell you, I work with a lot of clients who have significant IRA 401ks, and when they turn age 72, that after that they have to start taking a, a certain amount of money from their IRA or 401k. It's called a required minimum distribution, or RMD for short. And the problem that many folks run into is the amount of money that they're required to take out of that account. Of course, now it's subject to tax. Oftentimes is more than they need or becomes, how should I say, more than they want to take out because of the amount of taxes that are going to be incurred as a result of that distribution. So I get a lot of clients, again, folks, with anyone with a significant IRA or 401k who, is re- who are retired and now they're complaining about the amount of taxes they're paying. Now understand, the IRA or 401k, the monies that they put into that account and allowed to grow over time did allow them to um, defer those taxes. So in other words, they didn't have to pay any income tax on the money when they contributed to it. It was allowed to grow, tax deferred. In other words, no taxes were paid year to year, which oftentimes allowed more more of the money to grow which allowed that IRA 401k to grow bigger and 
bigger and bigger over time in, in many cases. All that's good, but then when it comes to the distribution time, the time when you want or, or need to take the money out, then oftentimes these um, IRAs and 401ks, you know, over the last decade or two or three or more even, have grown to values that, well, and many times far exceed what people anticipated or thought they might be, really. And so the amount of taxes they end up having to pay as a result um, can be quite excessive. So a QLAC can be a solution to that. So if you're that person, again, with a, a, a decent amount of IRA or 401ks monies, and you're in retirement or looking at re- uh, or going into retirement, let's say, uh, in the near, relatively near future, this is something you can really look at and really should consider. Let's just put it this way. Anybody 50 plus probably with a significant IRA should consider a QLAC as part of their uh, planning tools, as a, as a tool that could be used, again, again, to reduce the overall income tax they have to pay each year. Now, I'm going to go into a few details about this. I'm going to cover some things. So um, encourage you to check this out further. If you want more information, contact me at yourpersonalbank.com. And I'll be happy to send you some additional information on QLAC so you can look into this further. And, of course, if you want to uh, discuss it with me, I'll send you my calendar link and we can go into more detail. But a few things about the QLACs I think you'll find interesting is uh, there are what's the limits of how much you can put into a QLAC. First of all, that one's pretty simple. Um, actually, before I get there even, I should say the reason why most, most people have not heard about these is it's a relatively new product. In fact, the IRS, um, through the Treasury Department, uh, created the QLAC in July of 2014. So again, it's not a product, it's been around for a few years, but again, it's not something that's been around for a long time. So most people are just not aware of it. Uh, They're not aware that they can even do this and reduce their required minimum distributions and therefore reduce their amount of overall tax that they have to pay year to year. So. First thing, a few of the limits and things that some of the rules that you that, that go with the QLAC. First of all, premiums are limited to two hundred thousand. So notice the maximum amount you can put into one of these is two hundred thousand, or twenty five percent of your total IRA and four hundred one k monies combined total, whichever is less, so whichever number is lower. Okay, so you're not going to be able to put more than twenty five percent of your total IRA or four hundred one k into a QLAC. Again, it's a good diversification strategy, and the purpose behind it is to offload the risk. It's to create a situation where you're guaranteeing, um, you know, you're, you're guaranteeing against living too long. If you know what I'm saying, that that longevity risk. You're offloading that risk from you to the insurance company. Now, age-wise, who can purchase these? Well, the maximum age uh, a, per- a person can uh, purchase one of these is 83 so there is no minimum so you can purchase one of these up to age 83 just so you know if you're older than that sorry out of luck on the QLAC but anybody 83 or younger can absolutely do so payout options see annuities what their strength is is creating a guaranteed lifetime payment and they are based on single or joint life only you know typically for uh, an individual or a couple is what they're designed for they also can have annual increase payment increases. You can get anywhere from one to five percent simple annual interest increases, or compounded or flat dollar increases 
are available each year. So you can set one of these up not only to eliminate longevity risk and guarantee a lifetime income, guaranteed lifetime income, um, but you also can have it increase to offset inflation and things like that. So that actually is very interesting. The other thing that's in, uh, important to understand about QLAX versus traditional annuities or guaranteed lifetime income annuities is the amount of income that can come off of these is significantly higher in, than a typical traditional annuity or guaranteed lifetime income annuity. So you can receive a whole lot more money because of the deferral options. But the biggest strength, here's the key, the biggest strength to a QLAC, a qualified longevity annuity, is this. The money that's allocated, that you allocate to this, this account, will reduce your overall RMD requirement. So in other words, let me use a simple example. Let's say you had a million dollar IRA, 401k, or com combined IRA and 401ks. Most people understand once you hit age 72 that you have to start taking a certain amount of, out of that account each year. It's called a required minimum distribution. And the IRS requires you to do that. Of course, you have to pay tax on that amount you take out, on that distribution. To put 200000 which is the maximum, into a QLAC, your total IRA for RMD calculation purposes would be now 800000 You would reduce your required minimum distribution by 20%. Therefore, you would actually reduce your total tax liability on that RMD, that required minimum distribution, by 20%. So if you're looking for, if you, if you don't have a need for all that income, let's say initially or at this point or whatever, and you want to defer some of that tax further, you can do that through a QLAC. You can reduce the distribution, therefore reducing your total tax liability. And also at the same time, the QLAC can then create later in life a guaranteed lifetime income for you, okay, that you can, uh, well, live on or supplement your retirement no matter how long you live. That is the strength. That, that is the strength and the purpose of a QLAC, okay? Like I said, they do provide significantly more income for life than a typical annuity, you know, and they have a special tax benefit. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people look into these. When I share this with a client that who this situation makes sense for them, and this isn't for everyone, certainly, but again, anyone with a, a significant IRA or 401k, it could make sense for by reducing the size of the required total distribution that you have to take start at age 72, again, it reduces the taxes that you um, that, that are owed, that you have to pay each year. So again, for some folks, this is going to be of, of great interest. If you want more information on it, I'm just going to say again, contact me at yourpersonalbank.com and I'll be happy to send you some additional information on this. You can also go to our website. Where, uh, there's going to be a uh, some information there, FAQs, uh, frequently asked questions about QLACs, okay? Again, it's a specialty type of thing, but it's very interesting for the right type of person. Now, before we run out of time, I want to share a couple of limitations, okay, with the QLACs. One of them is, um, or why people, I should say this, why I should say people who don't look into this is, or the mistakes that people make often, I should say, is, People do tend to underestimate their lifespan when planning for the future. Uh, this is just statistically true. We see this with life insurance, with estate planning, with, with uh, retirement planning. It's a constant study after study after study shows that people tend to really do underestimate how long they're going to live. The QLAC can help offset that. 
other retirees, retirees a mistake that's often made, and this is shared by many studies, is reti some retirees assume they can do better investing the money on their own. The point of the QLAC is you're actually transferring the market risk to the insurer, at least this portion of your of your portfolio. Like I said, up to 200000 or 25%, which is less. The security of that fixed income backstop actually lets you invest your other assets more aggressively. And that's an important point. So if you do want to take on a little more risk or you're... You know, it's a good idea to set some of the money aside, like in this, in a guaranteed lifetime income or a QLAC, if that's appropriate, so that you can indeed then take on more risk on the rest of the money. And if things don't work out so well, that's okay. You still have that guaranteed income for life coming in. That's the key strength, like I said, of any annuity, guaranteed income, I should say, annuity. But the QLAC, again, has that special tax benefit of reducing your required required minimum distributions or RMDs which can reduce your overall tax liability year to year for for quite a number of years again last I'll, I'll share with this and I'll go on to some other topics on today but I want is contact me yourpersonalbank.com if you're interested in more information I'll send you some info on it you can go to our website again yourpersonalbank.com there'll be some information on QLAX if you have an interest Again, it's an area of specialty. Not many people are familiar with it. It's a relatively new financial tool, but it but can be very, very beneficial for that person who has a significant IRA or 401k. I like to share these things as they come out because, again, it's one of those things where most people are not very familiar with. I specialize in these types of things, and so it does help to share that when they do come out, when they do become available. I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned in the next segment. I'm going to talk about some other things that I think be, should be of concern uh, for a lot of people. So <laughs> this is going to be interesting. It's talking about the IRS. So don't miss this. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc. And in the, if you missed the previous segment, I was talking about Qualified Longevity Annuities or QLACs. Uh, if you missed it, I'm really going to encourage you to go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows. There'll be some additional information on QLAX. Again, it's a relatively new product. Anyone with a significant IRA or 401k who's looking at reducing their required minimum distributions and therefore their overall taxes, that's someone who really should take a look at a QLAC because this could really help you reduce your income taxes. And look, anytime, if you've listened to the show, you know if there's any legal way to reduce taxes, man, I'm all for it because there. one of the comments, one of the complaints, I guess I should say, that I hear more, probably more often than any other these days has to do with taxes. In other words, we're seeing a lot of folks that are just getting really tired of paying their taxes. And more importantly, it's not so much that they're tired of paying the taxes. What they're 
frustrated about is where they're seeing where the money is going. Their hard-earned dollars going to fraud and waste and things that they just do not agree with or diametrically opposed to, yet in being forced to put into the system and make that and have that money spent in things that they just do not adamantly believe in. And, and that's incredibly disheartening. It's frustrating. I get it. Um, I feel that way oftentimes myself. And, you know, it, it really, how should I say, it's really stri- strikes home, I should say, with this country and, the, and really when the, the very foundations of this country. Because if you think about it, you know, you remember your history and you, you remember the the stamp tax and the tea party, the Boston Tea Party, where they were protesting uh, taxes on tea and no taxation without representation. I mean, think about it. Those are the very foundational principles that this country started up upon and led to the Revolutionary War and led to creating a new country, breaking away from Britain and the king because, you know, the citizens of this country were the tired of paying taxes that they felt were Un, they were right. It was it was not right. It wasn't fair. And there's a lot of that going on today. A lot of that same feeling with an awful lot of people. Because it's just not right. It's not fair. I mean, forget the point of where the money's going. It's just the, the pure waste and fraud alone is aggravating. It, it You know, if, if we lived our lives, whether it was our personal expense uh, finances or our business or anything else like that, you know, we wouldn't last very long. We would be financially destitute. You know, we'd get cut off. You know what I'm saying? Spending money, like I've often said, like a drunken sailor. Yet our government has pursued a spending program like a whole, you know, it's a, it's an insult to drunken sailors. I mean, it's like a whole fleet of them. You know what I'm saying? It's It's ridiculous. And then you see things like this. It just really... In my opinion, it should raise an alarm with more more people. I'm shocked it doesn't. The militarization now of the IRS since 2020 is is truly alarming. In fact, uh, there's a representative, uh, Stephanie Bice. Um, she wrote a letter citing a report. The IRS has now spent over $35 million on weapons and gear since 2006. And over $10 million of that over the past three years, a number, well, military-type uh, weapons and gear. Uh, in fact, it turns out that the IRS, or I should say this, the law enforcement uh, of federal agents with arrest and firearm authority now is actually in excess of the U.S. Marines. Now, we have more federal agents with arrest and firearm authority in the U.S. government, civil servants, quote-unquote, that have arrest and firearm authority than the Marines. There's 186,000 Marines, roughly, and there's over 200,000 um, civil servants or federal agents. Now, why does the IRS need 10 million or 35 million dollars military-type gear? I mean, that should raise a chill through every citizen. That <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. It 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 should raise a chill. Gov- the government has no business owning weapon systems, ammunition, explosive design, devices, armored vehicles, drones, UAVs, chemical weapons. Folks, that's the kind of stuff the IRS now owns. Why do they need all this stuff? They're supposed to be um, collect the nation's taxes. 
why do they need this kind of stuff? What are they preparing for? And these are things that should be, again, very chilling. And then the fact that our government has now funded to the tune of something like $80 billion additional monies to the IRS on top of all this stuff that they've already done. And that was wep- increasingly weaponizing and militarizing what's supposed to be a civilian tax enforcement agency. You're, it's a supercharging of an already weaponized IRS. And that has got to cause a, a sense of concern, a chilling effect to any normal, rational person who, you know, who j- it thinks about this at all. And you know what's especially I, uh, frustrating. I'm trying to think the word. It just there's it, it's infuriating is what it really is. Is you've got you know you've got so much like, like I said waste fraud, all kinds of stuff going on with uh, you know you take go to the top. I mean it's all different levels. We're seeing it throughout the government, no question. But go to the top levels. You know there's now. Uh, whistleblowers, IRS whistleblowers, and and former business associates of Hunter Biden and etc. And the Biden family talking about receiving tens of millions of dollars from foreign governments and agencies and companies and such like that. And even uh, just recently, uh, Hunter Biden um, testified in court. You know, the judge asked him, "Did you know that you were supposed to pay taxes on this money that you earned?" And he said yes. And she asked if he did, and he said no. Yet Biden goes around constantly saying, pay your fair share. Well, they're not. In other words, leadership makes a difference. It matters. They're making millions and millions of dollars, frankly, fraudulently. The more and more evidence comes out, it's just flat out illegal bribery and, and influence peddling and everything else that's going on out there. But then, and on top of all that, they're not paying their taxes on it either, yet they want us to. It's leadership matters. And it's that kind of attitude, that kind of approach that is going to continue to infuriate more and more people and frustrate more and more people and cause the the fabric of our society to deteriorate further. You know, we need a true we need a we need a true leader. We need a change. And I mean a real change where somebody actually steps up and says, hey. I'm going to do the right thing and lead by example rather than lead by fraud, scams, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And, and just being looking out for themselves rather than looking out for the better, best interest of all of this. If you're leading a country, you should be leading. You should lead the country in a better direction, not just look out for yourself and your family. I, 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 hey, I'm as much for family as anyone. I'm a family guy as much as anybody but not to the detriment of others. You know, I don't want to take advantage of situations or opportunities I have and and not and have it be detrimental to my country or other people. I, as I talked about in the last show, faith, you know, faith, family, country, those are important things. Those are higher ideals to aspire to. And those are actually ideals to live a better life and to be happier and, and have more sense of satisfaction. I, I know, I've seen studies where, you know, I'm in the financial industry and I've seen studies where, you know, more and more people think that the highest thing to, to accomplish, one of the most important things in life is to make more money. Frankly, I find that very sad. I'm in the financial industry. I work with, I mean, I, I've 
focus on financial stuff on a daily basis because that's what I do for a living and and making money and having money to live on and and live your life and all those kinds of things absolutely is important and and you have some of the nicer things in life I get all that don't get me wrong but to aspire to that as being one of the most important things I find I find very sad I've shared this story many times on this show and with many people um, I was at a retirement dinner some years some years ago and this really this really made an impression upon me. He was an older gentleman. He'd been very successful in life as a businessman and in the financial industry. And he shared, and he was getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. And one of these things he stated is he said, look, I've been very successful in life. I've made a lot of money. I've lost a lot of money. Things have, you know, and that was all true. But he says, when you look back on life, you, you come to realize there's really, truly only two things that matter that you remember. And those things that you remember are relationships and experiences I've always said money is important but it's by no means the only thing that's important and I'm I, I know the, the audience I'm listening to and maybe some folks are preaching to the choir here I get it but money folks is nothing more than a tool and what money as a tool can do is it can buy you the time to enjoy relationships and enjoy experiences and if you're not doing those things what are you doing it for? I mean, really, what's the purpose in your life? Is there a higher ideal? And, you know, there's never, it's never too late. I just believe that it's just truly never too late. You, you can teach an old dog new tricks, okay? It is possible. But the, if the dog's willing to learn and wants to make a change, okay? Maybe you haven't had the best, lived the best life. And maybe you've been successful in one area and in life but not so maybe you've been successful financially but not maybe not so much in other areas most likely the reason you the areas you've succeeded in is because you've devoted time and energy to those areas to become very successful well guess what the very traits that made you successful financially let's say for example could also be the very same traits that could lead you to be very successful in your relationships okay because those are more satisfying those types of things are far more satisfying in life than just having the latest, greatest toy. Okay? I've had nice things in my life at from times. I've lived in very nice homes at different times. And, you know, it's, it's not the things that make you happy. Again, it's the relationships and the experiences that you get to enjoy in life. And the money you make is the tool that allows you to accomplish those things. I'm going to share some other thoughts, I think, that you'll find very well this is going to be very interesting i talk a lot about energy and energy policy and there's a, a, a there's a large reason why i do because energy has probably a bigger impact on the economy and people's individual finances and their wealth than probably any other business out there so it's energy is probably the most important business or industry that exists and there's some things I want to share with you about energy and green energy in particular and fossil fuels and all those others that I think you're going to find very interesting. You don't want to miss this. So I'm going to really encourage you to stay tuned. Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422.
Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And, you know, I, I was sharing some thoughts about money and you as it's power to be used as a tool. And money shouldn't control you, but you should control it in the last segment. If you didn't miss that, go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows. But I think it's it's something that I've learned, and I was fortunate I learned it fairly early in life, that relationships and experiences truly are what's important. And money is just a tool that allows you to enjoy those things. But I want to talk about or discuss something else that I find extremely important, and that's energy. And I was listening I was, I was listening recently to Robert Bryce, and he's written a book uh, called The Question of Power, Electricity, and the Wealth of Nations. Um, Robert, has, Robert Bryce has put out a lot of information about energy. I find it very, very intriguing, very interesting. And I find that energy, I discuss this a lot on this show because energy has so much to do with economic, economic results, economies, Individual economics, poverty, you know, the level of poverty, for example, and things like that. And one of the things that he shared that I thought was so powerful, he was talking about green energy in particular and a lot of the advocates for green energy. And if you're, if you're one of those, I'm going to really encourage you to listen up for a minute and think about this. Or maybe you're on the fence. Or maybe you know somebody you've had disagreements with about green energy and you don't have maybe a good good po- arguing point. Here's the point that Robert Bryce shared that I thought was so, so very pow- powerful, and it's this. When energy prices go up, the cost of energy goes up, it hurts poor people more than anything else. So in other words, you hear a lot of these advocates out there that want, say, fossil fuel energy prices to go up so green energy can be more, uh, you know, more viable commercially. Here's the problem. When the cost of energy goes up, you're hurting poor people. Period. End of sentence. Stop. You cannot raise energy prices without hurting poor people. And I'm not just talking about poor people in the United States. I'm talking about poor people across the world. And I'm going to delve into this a bit further because this, I believe, is so important. He's so adamant about this, and I think he's right, that Higher energy costs hurts poor people. So, therefore, if you're for high energy, higher energy costs, that means you're against poor people. Plain and simple. There's no two ways about it. And as he even goes on and says, he even feels like it's criminal to support higher energy costs because you're hurting poor people so much. He went on discuss, explaining this further. And again, it's made so, it crystallized so many ideas about understanding I had about energy and economics and all that. He was stating that about half of the world's population today still has no electricity. About half the world's population still walks around wearing hand-washed clothes. In other words, they don't have a washer. About half of the world's population still burns low-energy fuels to cook their food with, like straw and dung and things like that. Those low-energy fuels, a straw and dung that they cook, use to cook with, is predominantly women and, and, and girls 
who do the household chores, the cooking and the cleaning, and they, those low energy fuels create a lot of uh, pollution, a lot of indoor pollution, and a lot and a lot. And studies have proven that these ladies and girls have shorter lifespans because of this indoor pollution. In other words, if they had a gas stove, they would have a longer lifespan. When you start thinking about things in those kinds of terms, you start realizing how energy equals life. And in fact, you start to understand the difference between first world countries and third world countries has far more to do with the availability and abundance of cheap energy versus not. He used the example of of some countries where the energy grid is so bad that they the grid goes down almost on a daily basis. What do people do in those countries? Well, they have generators to back to back up when the electric grid goes down, again, almost on a daily basis. You would do the same thing. Why? For one, when it's too hot, you still want to be able to cool the home if you have air conditioning. If it's too cold, you want to be able to heat the home. And if you, say, have a whole older person, he pointed this out, you're not going to turn the thermostat down or up, depending on the situation, and allow it to allow grandma to get sick or even die. Environmentalists, as they call themselves, one of their big things they discuss today is, I'll just turn the thermostat down, you know, three or four degrees in the summer and turn your heater up, or was it, yeah, turn your thermostat up three or four degrees in the summer and down uh, three or four degrees in the winter. Studies have shown that if, it, if the world's population did that, for about every three degrees of thermostat change, about 100,000 people per year would die, mostly the elderly, because they can't regulate temperature as well. In other words, people are not going to, even though the environmentalists, quote-unquote, wanting people to do this, people are not going to do it if it's going to threaten grandma's health. Environmentalism has become a religion, a cult. I've shared that before. And it's, it's funny how the decline of religion, you know, traditional religions like, like Christianity and things like that, a lot of that has been replaced now by, by environmentalism, things like that. Why? Well, it's really quite simple. Human beings, the way we, we desire to be part of something larger, something greater, I shared this a couple of weeks ago uh, with Vivek's um, message where he was talking about people, people th- uh, they want to aspire to something greater. They want to be part of something be- bigger than themselves. And if, if, if one thing's taken away, they're going to replace it with something else. And then sadly, a lot of particularly younger people have replaced it with environmentalism, yet not even realize the repercussions of that. Understanding that cheap, affordable, abundant energy is actually the key to lifting people out of poverty. Some other things you were sharing with I thought was quite interesting that if a household worldwide gets up to about equivalent of roughly 5,000 annual income, that's what the point roughly where they get out of desperate, destitute poverty, and then they start to thinking they have the ability to maybe get a gas stove or a washer, so mom or the girls do not have to hand wash the clothes all the time or hand wash the dishes all the time, which frees up their time to do other pursuits like education. 
it changes people's lives. And in fact, if you go back in history just a little bit, even in our country, if you go back to maybe your parents' or grandparents' time, when electricity and washers and dryers started becoming more mainstream, if you go back and listen to those people talk, especially the, the mothers of the day and the young ladies, it was life-changing. It got, allowed them to get out of the house and, and be, allowed the freedom from being a slave to the household chores to be able to, to pursue other things. You know, again, about half the world's population right now as we speak does not have access to those things. Cheap, affordable, abundant energy would allow them access to that and would free their lives up. Why wouldn't you want that for them? Why would you want to hold that back from somebody like that? Why why would you want them to stay destitute and abject poverty? When you start to think about it in those those terms, I start to agree when Bryce is talking about it's criminal to pursue or encourage these higher energy costs and more unreliable sources of energy. But he even shared some more practical thoughts. This I thought was a great one too, particularly around green energy. Let's say, let's not argue the point about climate change. Let's say we're going to have more erratic, extreme weather. If that's the case, why in the world would you want to pursue an energy policy and energy sources that are reliant on the weather? like solar and wind. That makes absolutely no logical sense. He's absolutely correct. In other words, you want to have reliable sources of energy. And by the way, some of the cleanest, most reliable sources of energy out there today are nuclear and natural gas. They're cheap, abundant, and safe. France, for example, was very wise with their new... They produce a good portion of their energy uses... Uh, through nuclear. And one of the things they did that was smart that the United States did not do is they chose one system, one, uh, one style of nuclear plant, and every nuclear plant is built the same with the same control room, etc., same controls. So an engineer can work at one plant or the other and nothing changes. They can handle any of them. Three Mile Island in New York, famously, I believe in the 70s, had a nuclear meltdown. And part of the reason was is they had two nuclear reactors with two different control rooms because they were built by two different companies. And the engineers, the, some of the failure was caused because the engineers were not familiar with the system because they were familiar with one but not the other. That's just stupid, folks. I'm sorry. That's just not smart. We need to be smarter about this. And also, I've stated this all along, and the good news is on energy is more and more countries are coming to the realization, Japan, Finland, Sweden, some of the others, that energy is about security. Energy security is about national security. You have to have energy to protect yourself and produce energy for your citizens. It's a national security issue, folks. It makes you economically weak when you don't have good, reliable, cheap sources of energy. So the next time you talk to somebody who supports green energy and wants to do, who, who wants to pursue all these things, so you can ask them a simple question. Higher energy costs hurt po- uh, poor people the most. Are you against poor people? Because if you support higher energy costs, that means 
you are against poor people, plain and simple. End of, end of story. I thought that was powerful. I love sharing some of those thoughts because economics make a difference. Economic freedom, I share this all the time on my show, economic freedom is freedom. If somebody's in abject poverty and you help them through cheap energy take the next step up, you start to give them some freedom. Economic freedom is freedom. It's in our Bill of Rights. It's in, our, it's in the Declaration of Independence. It's what this country is founded upon. The solution for these foolish, out-of-touch policies is education. We need to educate more people, help more people understand. And again, the last thing I share with us all the time is we do not have to educate everyone. I get it. Some people are absolute fanatics. They've joined the cult. (laughs) They won't listen to any sort of reason or logic or science for that matter. That's okay. We only need 51%. We don't need everyone. So that may that's a thought, encouraging thought for you. I'm going to share another thing about climate in the next segment that I think you're going to be, you're going to find extremely interesting and ridiculous. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferrans. For more information, contact Ferrans at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc. And I've just been sharing some thoughts today that, you know, just help you not, like I say, cut through the noise, not be propagandized so much. Think Think about things. Think through them, why they are the way they are. And if you missed some of the, I I shared, I think one of the most important and interesting discussions about energy and the economics of it and how it impacts people, um, their personal economics uh, that I've shared in a very long time. If you missed it, go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows. I always encourage you to do that anytime. The other thing aside I want to say before I get into my last topic is, I really appreciate the feedback I've been receiving lately. I've, there's been a, uh, maybe it's some of the topics I've been covering and thoughts I've been covering has been especially poignant for people, and it's just really kind of hit home. Uh, I think that's part of it. And some of you more, um, the, the shows, like I said, gone national, you know, the number of stations around the country, and, and so more and more people are, are tuning in, and I, I really appreciate it because, Again, my goal here is to help people understand their their money, how money operates, how it affects their lives, economics, fiscal lit- literacy. Those things are just uh, super important and, and really lacking in this country, um, especially education-wise, and just to help people really think and understand why things are the way they are. And, and I help people, you know, maximize the returns on their money and control their money and all those kinds of things. And not just do the normal, same thing that everyone else does. You know, nothing against it, but stocks, bonds, mutual funds, diversify, and, you know, cross your fingers and hope it all works out. You know, that might be work for some, but that doesn't work for everyone. And there are other ways to grow wealth and have more control of your future. And I, I just try to share those and help people 
um, do better. I, I get asked that all the time. What do you do? I do a lot of things. I really do a lot of things. I was sharing the QLAX in the first segment. I help people with the personal bank concept. I help them think like bankers, invest like a bank, uh, reduce their taxes, have more return on their money. I do all those kinds of things. But it's really, you know, it's not a cut and paste cookie cutter kind of thing. Uh, anyone who's talked to me knows I'll, I'll share with some basics with them. But then as I start to ask them questions about what they want, what, what do you want? Those are some of the things I ask all the time. What's your goals? What would, what would you like to see your money do for you? Um, how would you like to live your life? And I actually really listen. And if I can help you get there or help you get there faster, I'll share with you some ways that I think you can accomplish that. And sometimes it involves some products that I can provide and offer, and sometimes it doesn't. It just depends on the situation. But I think you'll find, most people do, when they do contact me, they find it uh, invariably, let's just put it this way, probably at least 80, 90% of the time, I'll receive the comment after our conversation that, wow, I'm really glad I called you. I'm really glad we talked. I'm really glad we met. Those are the comments I receive on a consistent, regular basis. I mean, that's why I do what I do, to improve people's lives, obviously in the fi financial area, but other areas too, but that's the primary focus. Now, I wanted to touch on one thing that's always seems like lately had to share something, a ridiculous idea. Well, here's the ridiculous idea of this week. So Hillary Clinton, who's, who is a great source of ridiculous ideas, in my opinion, um, put out a tweet recently say, talking about the recent heat wave in the U.S. And she said, you can thank MAGA Republicans uh, for, uh, for the recent summer wave. And as she said, it stated, hot enough for you, thank a MAGA Republican, or better yet, vote him out of office. Well, you know, that is absolutely just completely and totally ridiculous. And by the way, it, it's just another example of many Democrats, most of them, not being able to think for themselves in any way possible, okay? Because she put the tweet out about eight days after one of the uh, Democratic think tanks or whatever put out a message to Democrats stating, hey, uh, politicize the hot weather. Let's use this as a tool, okay? Come on, man. You know, it's a, you know without they're talking about the climate. They're blaming the hot weather on climate change. Well, you know, I guess it, that could be true if you— forget that this isn't the hottest weather we've had. In fact, records were broken in 1925, 1930s, 1950s, 1980, 85, 90, 95, 2012, and 2020. In other words, all of those dates, years, had hotter weather than we've had this summer. Yes, it's been hot. Yes, it's hotter than normal. But guess what, folks? It's called summer. It happens, Okay. And uh, it's, it's ironic. It's frustrating. You, you know, you have the New York Times. That there was New York Times editorial. We're calling on leaders to politic, politicize the weather. You know, you just got to have a little bit of memory. You got to actually think a little bit. And you actually have to pay attention a little bit. In fact, uh, the Department of, what was it? Uh, it's the uh, Department of At Atmospheric Science or whatever it was. Uh, I'll find it here shortly. Um, put out there that yeah, this is normal. This is nothing, nothing out of the outside of the statistical norm of summers. Yes, this is a hotter than average summer for a longer period than average, but nothing out of the statistical norm. These are the only, 
even the government agencies are talking about, and if you look at even their own, their own reports and their own uh, histories, and even in recent history, this is not outside of the statistical norm, okay? But yet the Democrats have to politicize it. Yeah, here it is. It's the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration noted that the heat waves aren't new, and this is within statistical norms. They always talk about being the party of following the science. You know, yeah, they follow the science when it's convenient and will support their narrative. But when it doesn't, well, ignore the science, right? You know, we just want to do it accordingly. And then I, I saw a thing here, uh, another thing. It was a geological time scale talking about concentration of CO2 and temperature fluctuations for the last, like, 500 million years. These are these are This is actual scientific studies that have been done to determine what the average temperatures and CO2 levels were. And interestingly, if you look at this chart over the last 500 years, we're actually in one of the coolest periods according to the um, scientific scientific record in in the last 500 million years. What was it? This last summer, I was in uh, Denver, in the Denver area, and we were at the uh, Natural History Museum of Denver. And, you know, Denver is not known as a conservative hotbed, obviously, but I was in the museum, and they were showing different parts of the country, showing that at the last, for example, in the last ice age, New York, was it New York and Seattle, they were pointing out had about two miles of ice. That's climate change. They also pointed out that at the time of the last dinosaurs, that pretty much the entire continental United States was a tropical forest. Now, I don't know about you, the last time I looked, Denver certainly is not a tropical forest today, but they were pointing out how it was. And in fact, it's a little hard to argue with because we took a trail out a few days later. And, you know, it was pretty cool because on the trail they had, you know, dinosaur bones in the walls. You could see them. It was very clear. It was, it was really cool. But there was also amongst those a significant amount of fern fossils, fossils of fern plants. And they were very detailed. Very, It was very impressive, actually. And I don't know about you, but if you know anything about plants, you understand that ferns don't grow in cold climates. In fact, uh, these are tropical ferns, I should say. They were tropical ferns, obviously, grew in tropical climates. Further backing up, the Denver uh, Natural Science uh, Museum stating that during the time of the last dinosaurs, the majority of the American continental U.S. was a tropical forest. Obviously, it was much warmer than it is today. So, again, these climate activists who try to use these scare tactics, and that's really all they are, trying to create these crises to get, in essence, to gain more power. They want, they want you to give them more, create a crisis so you'll give them more power. That's really what it boils down to. Like I always say, follow the money. You'll probably find, figure out why something is the way it is, right? It's either about power or money, and power leads to money, typically, right? So the, so the point is, they're trying to create these crises, trying to create this hysteria, trying to, trying to stay that, say that this re- recent spat of hot weather, I'm not going to say it hasn't been hot, but trying to blame it on, make it political so they can gain some sort of benefit or power from it, it frankly is, is misleading and disgusting. And the good news is, more and more people, again, it's education. It's people that are waking up and realizing, you know what? I remember it being hot a couple years ago. 
That doesn't mean it has anything to do with politics. It doesn't mean the government needs to do anything about it. It's just freaking hot, okay? And it's been hotter before, and it's been cooler before, and that's called weather. The joke I've always said is climate change, yeah, it's called weather. And more and more people are coming to realize that. The other thing, uh, oh, I was talking about in the last segment, the last thing with Bryce um, um, that I wanted to share was um, he was pointing out, you know, CO2 levels. He's not too concerned about. But if the entire Western world went to CO2 levels at zero, it would be within the statistical uh, error of total CO2 level emissions in the world. Because you got places like China putting on a coal plant, 100 coal plants a year. And some of the biggest increases of CO2 emissions are increasing or coming from Indonesia. So we could go to zero. It would make no statistical difference. Yet we're tying ourselves in knots, killing ourselves economically to, to create something that's going to create no statistical difference. will make a few people wealthy and cause a lot of economic pain and hurt for a whole lot of people, and that's where I get frustrated and irritated, and that's where it makes me mad. And my hope is more and more people wake up to this reality and educate themselves and say, you know what, you're wrong, you're an idiot, I'm not going to listen to you anymore, and vote them out of office and get rid of them and just stop listening to these people. Because it is, it truly is. It's like Peter crying wolf. It's enough already. They keep crying wolf, they keep crying wolf, and eventually... People just got to stop listening to them because they're just lying. So the last thing I want to finish off with this last minute or so I've got is I started the show off with a new product called the QLAC, Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract. If you missed the first segment, I'm going to encourage you to contact me at yourpersonalbank.com. You can get some more information on that, or I'll be happy to send that to you. But for anyone who has a significant IRA or 401k, and you want to reduce your required minimum distributions, therefore reducing your amount of income tax you have to pay and also guarantee some lifetime income, which would then allow you to be more aggressive with your other investments. You can do all that. So you can get some tax reduction, get some special tax treatment, guarantee an income, increase your, your re- re- investment returns on other assets because you can afford to be more aggressive if you want to be. Contact me. Again, it's for anyone with a significant IRA or 401k. Reduce your overall income tax liability. It's a relatively new product that's been approved by the IRS and the Treasury Department. Contact me at yourpersonalbank.com. I'll send you more information on it. And if you want to chat about it further or have any questions, please let me know. And as always, stay tuned to the Your Personal Bank Show for more great information next week. And as long as it's still on our money, in God we trust. Listen Tuesdays at noon and Saturdays at 1 to the Your Personal Bank Show for more information. Contact Ferris at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guests of this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Some products discussed may have limitations and not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. For current rates, contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.